Hi, I'm Janine, and this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is Dr. Charles Garfield. He's the author of our Wisdom Years, Growing Older with Joy, Fulfillment, Resilience, and No Regrets. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Tell me uh, how this idea for this book, because it's very timely, how did it come about? Well, one of the things I realized is that all of my friends were getting older. They were all passing 60 years old, and things were changing. They all talked about changes that were happening that seemed very powerful in their lives. And I started getting very interested in what those changes were. So I started interviewing all sorts of people, many, many, many people, about what was it like going into their wisdom years? What was it like getting to be past late 50s, 60, that age? And I found out that indeed there were some significant changes that were going on. What kind of things were going on? Well, one of the things is that people said that the priorities that they had, the possibilities that they had, now were different than in their adult years, that there was a whole new stage of life, you know, where the fastest growing segment of the population are people over 100. So if you're 60, you could live 40 more years. You've got to have some way of looking at that time period and asking yourself the question, what's the best use of my life? Yes. And people, people started talking about essentially two things, two things that mattered the most to them. People they loved and who loved them and work that they were proud of, work that made a difference in the world. Love and work turned out to be much more important than getting ahead or climbing a ladder or making lots of money. The priorities had shifted dramatically. That's so interesting because, as I mentioned, my show is called Get the Funk Out. And I find that even in my, at my age, I find myself thinking, am I, am I doing something meaningful? Am I adding value to the world? And your, your book is just really timely because there's a lot of people going through a lot of uneasy emotions right now. It's a very difficult time in the world. And you're, you're quite right that it is different. Things are changing. The reason I call the book Our Wisdom Years is that wisdom turns out to be central rather than achievement or performance or success. Mm -hmm. that things are dramatically different. And now with everything that's going on in the world, there's so many things. It's, we're in a tremendously difficult time in the world. Um, we need wisdom more than we ever did before. And in many cultures around the world, it's important to remember that they look to their older people for the source of that wisdom. We don't. We tend to see our older people as expendable or used up. Ridiculous. Uh, totally ridiculous. I don't, Absolutely. yeah, I don't, that's not something, I think people that are older have so much to offer. That's what I discovered. I discovered that the wisest people in our entire society were people over 60. Yeah. I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday who went to Africa and he met someone who was 105 and he learned so much from this wise man. Wise is an understatement. And part of it was how to be still, how to listen to yourself, you know, how to slow down. And because we live in this fast paced society, whereas, you know, all of a sudden the pandemic came along and we had to dial into completely changing the way we think, the way we work, the way we, everything. 
But one of the things I found was that the older folks that I interviewed during this time of the pandemic looked at this sheltering in place that we're all having to do, the staying home all the time. Right. They, thought, they saw it as a retreat. They saw it as a way of paying attention to what was most important in their lives rather than seeing it as an enforced imprisonment, which is what a lot of younger people regard it as. Yes. The older folks paid attention to all the free time that they now had, and they viewed it as a retreat to see what made the most sense in terms of the rest of their lives. There's, there's so much to learn from what you just said. I mean, I know for me in early March, I said, what can I learn from this experience? What can I do to learn in general? What can I do to grow? And it, it's been tremendous. The past two and a half months have been unbelievable for me. I mean, I've created more meaning in my life, which is really important. Yeah, interestingly enough, that's exactly what the older folks we interviewed said. That they, yeah. looked at, they looked back on their lives and they, they did a kind of life review and asked the questions that you were asking. What are the things that are most important? And they also asked, what legacy can I leave for my children, grandchildren, other people in the world? What legacy can I leave? And when I say legacy, they didn't necessarily mean enormous projects. Sometimes it was as simple as writing a letter to your children or grandchildren about what was most important in your life. What were the lessons that you learned that you want to pass on to them? So they, they view this time of the pandemic as a, as a time for uh, understanding themselves and understanding the long arc of their life and what they wanted to pass on. That's amazing. Because I think, I know a while ago, over a month ago, I started thinking, what if I get sick? What if, you know, I think about the people that go in the hospital and they can't be surrounded by their loved ones. Like, what would my legacy be? I mean, I know that sounds very pessimistic, but it's reality. It doesn't sound so pessimistic. It's real for all of us. I mean, yeah. we're all in danger to some degree right now. But what's interesting to me is you're doing this show. You're doing this show with all sorts of people. All sorts of good information is getting out into the world. You could easily do that as part of your legacy. Yes. Facilita facilitating that wisdom. That's what it feels like. I mean, I... I feel like I definitely am dialed into how to create more meaningful conversations. And we're, a lot of people are hurting right now. And, you know, we've got the pandemic. We have racial tension. We've got a recession, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why I was so interested in having you on the show, because uh, people need to dial into the wisdom of people that are older. There's no doubt about that. You know, I, I keep saying it, but it's true that the reason I called the book Our Wisdom Years is because wisdom has replaced achievement as mm -hmm. the central value in our culture. Wisdom replaces success. The older folks we talked to weren't climbing a ladder to try to get ahead. In fact, there was no ladder to climb anymore. They didn't even, that image didn't work for them at all. They now talked about fulfillment and joy and resilience. Let's talk about some of the highlights in your book, because there's a lot of great things to cover. Talk about the productivity mindset as we age. That's really interesting. Yeah, well, one of the things I found was that the older people we talked to didn't talk a lot about productivity. They didn't see themselves as kind of machines that had to produce. They saw themselves as 
as living human beings who wanted to contribute, that it was a different motivation, that they, they, they were grateful for the opportunity they had to impact other people's lives, people they loved, and other people in the world in a way that brought the other folks some fulfillment. Uh, I talk a lot in the book about gratitude and forgiveness. I heard those words so often from older people. Um, and I heard a lot about what were people grateful for. They, uh, they talked about the, the things that mattered the most that they were grateful for, and they talked a lot about forgiveness. They talked about the mistakes they made when they were younger. They forgave themselves, and they said, they said so poignantly to me in these interviews, um, it was the best I could do at the time. It was what I knew at the time. I couldn't have done any better because that's, I can't judge myself by current standards because I was younger at the time. I didn't know any better. And they also, they also said about forgiveness that they wanted to learn from it so they never did it again. Uh, they mm. talked about getting rid of anything that they might want to forgive themselves for, anything that was a wound that was festering. And they talked a lot about gratitude. All that is so healing to us physically and emotionally and mentally. It's quite healing. In it's fact, so that healing. Yeah. Heal, healing is exactly what it is. Right, because we hold on to stuff. And I feel like I remember having conversations with my late dad about his regrets in business or past relationships. And, you know, and I used to say, you can wish all you want that so and so was a different person. But that was not a reality, Dad. And, you know, like, you just have to let it go. Like, you did your best. You worked your hardest, you know, a lot to be proud of. You gave him some very good advice. He did the best given who he was at the time and what right. he knew at the time. You can't judge yourself by who you are later. That's not fair. Exactly. I like that you asked the question, why this time of isolation is a good time why is this time of isolation a good time to mend uh, strange relationships? Um, and, we, and we just touched on that because a lot of times, you know, people get in these arguments with people and they hang on to stuff and it's, it's just not healthy. Like it feels really good when you resolve relationships that ended abruptly or there's hard feelings. Well, people at the end of life want to make absolutely sure that they don't leave relationships estranged that they could have mended. You don't want to go to the end and have all these regrets about people you could have connected with but didn't. And uh, we found uh, older folks saying, I don't want to get to the end. I want to mend the relationships now. I don't want to let them fester. Make sure that you're the person who reaches out first. You do the reaching out. Even if you feel you were abused earlier on, reach out. See what connection you can make. Mend those fences. That's so true. Sometimes the other person just doesn't know where to start, so nothing happens. There's no momentum. That's right. So you be the person who creates the momentum. You yes. be the person who reaches out. What's, ask yourself the question, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen? Well, they don't want to talk to you. They reject you. They want to keep the estrangement going. At least you know in your heart that you made an effort. And what I would suggest is that write a letter. You may not get a letter back, but write a letter and, and say all the things that you want to about amending the relationship and get it off your chest. Great idea. And one last thing before we wrap up. I love how you talk about pursuing hobbies that we haven't yet been successful at and you pursue these things later on in life because I feel like we lose our sense of creativity and, um, you know, 
just this ability to explore things because we think, oh, we're not good at that. Yeah, we think that we don't have the aptitude. But at the beginning, of course, nobody has tremendous aptitude except maybe the, the geniuses of the world or people who are naturally gifted. But most of us start out our hobbies learning, being beginners. Right. You never can tell how far you'll take it. So true. So, uh, Dr. Garfield, where can people find out more about you and your book? Well, go to the website, Charles Garfield, one word, charlesgarfield.com, and you'll find all sorts of information about the book and about the work we've done and about our wisdom years. Fantastic. Any last bit of info you'd like to leave the listeners with? Just realize that later life, rather than being a time of drudgery and difficulty and decline, can be one of the most fulfilling segments of our entire lives. We may live 40 more years, enjoy them, be fulfilled, develop that resilience and that, that sense of gratitude for living a life that you are proud of. Fantastic. Thank you so much for calling into the show. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I did too. Thanks so much for having me.